Impact leadership. What does it mean to wake up each day knowing your work, effort, and passion is being transformed into creating change that makes a difference in your business, organization, community, and your own life experience? And it can be hard to stay on track when at times the winds do not blow in your direction. But you persevere one step forward at a time, creating something better. This is fulfillment in action. And this is passion for impact. Educating, empowering, and elevating social consciousness in people, business, and teams. One inspiring conversation at a time. Passion for Impact is brought to you by Speak Plus. Learn the tools and skills to speak with courage and clarity. Share your stories and your teachings. The world needs to hear them. Level up your voice, energy, and confidence. Are you ready to get on stage? I will personally coach you every step of the way. Visit passionigniter.ca forward slash speak plus for all the details. This is the Passion for Impact podcast with speaker, trainer, and socially conscious advocate, Trisha Miltimore. James Grieve is on the show today, and I am regularly in awe of his leadership, his ability to nurture community and serve mentorship really everywhere he goes. Now, a little bit about this awesome human who I very much adore. James is a certified management consultant. He is passionate about strategy and has a keen understanding of working with organizations of all sizes and in a variety of industries. Now, he has extensive experience in working with First Nations communities in economic development and empowerment initiatives in a variety of regions and business models, including cooperatives, which I find very interesting. James is also a certified customer experience professional, a certified sales professional, certified exit planning advisor, and a professional farm advisor as well, and a qualified business consultant. So he has a lot of experience behind him. His boutique consulting firm, Catalyst Strategies Consulting, specializes in strategy, customer experience, and organizational transformation, which we'll talk about today. And together with his team of consultants, he works with clients to you know, analyze their operations, diagnose challenges, uncover blind spots, and mitigate risks in their business. Providing trusted advice, Catalyst Strategies Consulting helps clients plan effectively, create processes to reach peak performance and sustainable profitability while enhancing their customer experiences. It's all, you know, pretty awesome stuff for sure. But why I asked James to be on the show is not just because of his social enterprise mindset and business acumen, but also because he oozes care in leadership. And if you follow my work as a speaker and trainer, you know, care in the workplace and in life is very much my jam. If you're listening to this podcast, I suspect it really is yours too. So welcome to the show, James. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, thanks for having me, Trisha. I really look forward to chatting with you today. And uh, I've been looking forward to being on your podcast. So this is awesome. Yeah, finally got you on here. Now, I always ask my guests to share five words that describe them. Your five words are passionate, driven, reliable, enthusiastic, and inquisitive. And you definitely are, like you have that enthusiasm, this natural like, charisma of excitement kind of comes out of you. Tell me about the inquisitive part. How does that play into your life, work, and life-wise? I know that's a great question. Thank you. You know, it's, I think it's a passion for learning. I don't think I know it is. I've always, you know, when I encounter a situation, my, my goal is to always leave things better than I found it. And I have a mm -hmm. lot of blind spots. 
And I always want to make sure that I surround myself with people or, or knowledge that uncovers those blind spots. And so if I don't know something, I want to connect with someone who does, number one, because I'm a, I'm a connector of people, uh, with people, and also to learn so that if I'm going to contribute going forward, I, you know, there's credibility in what I have to say. So I'm just always, you know, continuously learning and, and uh, you know, finding ways to do it in such a way that it can add value and impact for my colleagues and my clients and a chance to, like I said, just leave things better than I found it. So I think the way you, you do that, you have a duty of care is when you learn, you have to share. So that's where that came from. Oh, I love that. When you learn, you have to share. That's, that's actually really cool. It's like a meme. We're going to, we're going to put that on Twitter or something. <laughs> I don't use Twitter, but I'll get someone to do that. <laughs> oh, and I do love that. And it really kind of, it, you know, it shows up in your history of education and your certifications and whatnot. You're just that drive to learn. One of the things that I really admire about you, and I mentioned this in the opening, is um, you have like this general, um, I don't know if it's just maybe part of who you are, and, or maybe you know what it is and you can share it so we can all kind of like use your tips to be able to do it better ourselves. But you truly are a connector of people. Well, where did that come from? Is it just naturally who you are? Have you like de- developed and refined that connection skill set? Because I really do feel like people who talk about you are like, oh, yeah, James, like everyone feels like they know you and that you see them and value them. And and I think that's a skill. So any tips for us? And is it natural for you? Or did you refine that skill? Well, I think it's something you build over time. I'm just naturally uh, very interested in learning about people and what their path is to, to get them where the moment that I met them or, or how they work and how we can work together to, to do things. It takes all of us, right? So I think that when you mm-hmm. understand kind of who's who in the, in, in the neighborhood. And that's, I, I really believe in, you know, building community through all of us. But back to your question about, is it a skill or anything? I think it's just something of having met a lot of people in the past and having worked in the, in the, in the type of work that I did uh, leading up to becoming a consultant where I was on great teams uh, formally and informally in, in the business community and in, in sports. I worked in, in pro sports for several years. So I had a chance to work with a lot of great people and everybody's got a different story, a different path, but when they come together, uh, it's really dynamic. So just thinking an interest in people. And I really gain great satisfaction when I can connect people that can deliver a good outcome. I don't always have to be involved in the solution at all. It's not about that. But mm-hmm. if I can connect Trisha with someone else in the community that can help someone else that we maybe perhaps haven't even met yet or something like that, that, that really jazzes me up. Yeah, it does. Right. And so tell me a little bit more. What, what pro sports were you involved with? What sport was it? Uh, uh, football, actually. So uh, I was with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, in a football operations capacity for seven years. I was equipment manager for the team. And, you know, that was, I often tell people, you know, I started at a very young age and uh, full disclosure, I made it to start, I made 50 bucks a week. And I think I worked every day of the week for nine <laughs> or 10 months. And I always tell people it's the best $50 a week I ever made in my life because you make these great connections and it's so much more meaningful now when I go to alumni events and have these lifelong friends and the spirit of camaraderie, and of course it wasn't always $50 a week, but um, you know, now being in the alumni and, and having access to opportunities and I was fortunate enough, we won a couple of great cups when I was there and just being a part of understanding what it means to prepare and to experience wins and losses, I think was really important. I think that you just get a passion for people and how everybody fits in, you know, from the quarterback to the general manager, all the way down to, to me, who was doing laundry for 120 guys twice a day in training camp, uh, everybody plays a big part of that. And uh, I think you just never forget where you came from and understand everybody plays a piece on uh, on a role on a team. And 
Um, that's why I do a lot of work that I do with mentoring and uh, assisting students in, in their journeys as well uh, at, at colleges and universities and consulting clubs and that type of thing. So I know what it's like to to play a big part in something that's bigger. And I think that the future belongs to people who are coming up through the ranks. So um, that's where that kind of helps with my trajectory and my philosophy on helping people out. Mm, yeah, that mentorship side of things is definitely a big part of who you are. I asked the question in, in the forum before guests come on is like, what is your passion for impact? And you said your passion for business strategy and serving founder led businesses, small business owners and entrepreneurs transform and build value in their businesses to reach meaningful and impactful outcomes, which is a lot of words. But if you could really distill it down, it's beautiful, of course, if you could distill it down to like a moment where you're like, this is the impact I seek to, to make again and again and again? Is there a particular story that has stood out for you or a person where that really, you really felt you achieved that? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. There's several examples. Um, I think if you were to summarize all of it, you know, some, you know, most people, including myself, we spend a lot of time working in our business, not on our business. Um, mm-hmm. And we need people around us to, to do that. And there's, we just need to get unstuck. And once you get unstuck, then you can you know, you can really move things forward. So I can think of a lot of examples and sometimes it's the simplest of, of things, you know, maybe people are just not processing their work the way they can be or a focus on the customer or, or not aligning their businesses with, with what their customers expect. I'm seeing a lot of great uh, results and I give great credit to uh, my colleague, Ashka work. Her and I have embarked on a new product called succession ready and we're taking a human-centric approach to succession planning. And in that process, and to your point, we're seeing great success where people are seeing their businesses differently and are now able to have these open conversations with their family, which has been very liberating and it's added value to their business so they could see it differently and have a real life outside their business and find a path forward for you know, succession for their business on what next steps look like. Yeah, I love that. You actually have a podcast you just launched as well. What's the name of the podcast again? Uh, it's the Succession Ready podcast, and you can find us uh, Succession Ready, all one word. ca. Um, that's mm-hmm. that we've launched, and uh, it's been really great. It's just been a really nice uh, approach to this, and we we discovered a niche in the market where you know, again, on the theme of taking all all of us to do uh, to provide the outcome for the client. You know, when people are succeeding in their businesses, they just don't know where to start. Sometimes they start with their accountant or their lawyer or their business broker. These are all very important pieces, but where we come in is at the front end of this. So people can have clarity and a path forward and we provide nice handoffs to those uh, other subject matter experts so that we can ensure that there's continuity for the business and their families and and the community and the economy writ large. So it's it's been a really mm-hmm. nice experience. Multi-layered. You know what I hear in that, and I think this is an important conversation because many of the people listening to this podcast are, have businesses of their own or they're leaders in an organization, and I think it applies to both, where the relationship we have with our work and our impact is really important. And and do you work with clients around that? Because sometimes we're so, like you said, so sucked into doing the work that the relationship becomes a little bit skewed. And I think it can impact life experience and fulfillment. Do you ever see that in the work that you do as well? Uh, meaning that, you know, sometimes just get too caught up in the weeds of what, what we're doing, not why we're doing. Is that a fair yes. assessment to the question? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I really- yeah. Yeah, I really, and I'm glad you asked that because it's actually, you know, my philosophy in dealing with my, you know, clients and how I conduct my life and actually what I pass along to them as well. Um, so it's a value set. So, you know, when working with clients, I always look at the why first and then, you know, who is doing the work 
um, what is being done, and then how and where and when, and kind of in that order. So I simplify it into those simple who, what, when, where, why, and how. But, uh, you know, if I really get a keen understanding of why people are doing things, then you don't get caught up in the weeds. I think if you go right to the how and the what first, then it's mm-hmm. uh, you, you put yourself into the weeds. But just take the time to really understand people and focus on the why and the who. And uh, that gets me out of the weeds. And that also helps me to your earlier question when we started on how do you become a better connector by being a better listener and understanding why people are who they are and why what they do and who they are. And the other stuff just comes after. But once you really understand the person, you have that sense of empathy. I think it it just, in my opinion, it goes a long way. Yeah. So on your website, you on catalystconsulting.com, it's catalyst-consulting.com or catalyst slash strategies.com. That's your website. Uh, You actually mentioned in there that um, one of your statements is let us remove the blind spots in your business. What are the most common blind spots you find people have in their business? That's a great question. And I, I think it's, there's a variety, but if you could look at it in, in sections of their business. So for example, it could be related to people, process, systems and technology, you know, how they approach things from a financial perspective and their leadership. So a lot of big buckets there to, to, to look at. But um, I think when you when you look at each of these areas, quite often we just get our own lenses on this because we're so involved in the business. But mm-hmm. it's really important to understand what's happening now, what is coming down, you know, in the future and what's happening in trends in society. So kind of look at inside outlook and an outside in look, which is really important. Outside in is really important because that's how the customers are seeing your business. Inside out is how your employees mm-hmm. are seeing your customers. So I think what's really important is to understand what's happening around you and just you know mitigate that. And one of the things that I'm seeing with companies, and I kind of look at the quadrants of where they're at in each of these areas, is are, many companies are inactive. They're just, they're really blind to this, right? They're just not seeing what's going on. They're not they're just, they're inactive. They're not engaging. Sometimes in the next level up is they become reactive. So what that means is they react to things that are going on around them. So there's blind spots that are happening, but they're, you know, they're, they're kind of seeing it. And then they, the ones that are really, the companies that really get it and the leaders that come along and they have their blind spots removed, they, they become proactive to it. The goal we want to get people to is to make them interactive. So they're actually being engaging with their employees, their customers, um, getting some knowledge of what's happening in the community around them or their industry, wherever the case may be. So to your point about blind spots, the blind spots are that you just got to have an open mind and, and perspective on all of these aspects of your business so that you can, you know, make sure you're more financially sound, you're listening to your employees, you're listening to your customers, and you're developing a, a strategy that's um, that meets the needs of what's going to happen, not just what's happening now. I love that. Now, if someone's listening and they're like, okay, I probably do have blind spots. I'm going to open myself up to be more aware of them. Is there a place they should start that is probably like a low-hanging fruit for them? Yeah, I would um, just start by understanding what are some of the challenges that you have in your business um, that are just keeping you up at night. So, mm. you know, just if you're to draw a line down the middle of your page, you know, if someone's doing a simple exercise, what are some of the pains you have? So what on the left hand side, like what's what's keeping you up at night, and the other side is what's you know getting you going in the morning, and then just have buckets of those, like I mentioned earlier, just categories. Is it a people thing? Is it a process thing? Is it a technology thing? 
is it a leadership thing? And this is where you come in, Trish, and this is where I defer. If someone came to me and said, okay, what do I do about this? I'd say, well, I know this great leadership coach, <laughs> uh, Trish, and that's one that she could help you out. But it, it just be very honest with yourself and not mm-hmm. just see it as an overwhelming blind spot. You don't have one thing that's blinding you. It's just a series of things that are just blocking your vision. But if you take the time to just sit down and think about it, um, sometimes the bigger things that seem big aren't that big. And sometimes the little things are actually bigger than you think they are. And that's why, you know, engage people. You know, there's a lot of, in, in this community we live in, in Kelowna, there's so many great supports that are informal networks as well. People you could talk to just, you know, um, you know, your chamber events, what I consider to be an informal event, even though it's very well organized by the people there. There's mentorship groups, or you can contact professionals that could help you or industry associations. So yeah, just, I think you just get it down on paper, understand, and then find out who you can talk to that could, um, could, you know, talk you through this type of thing. I think that's such an important point is that every community, no matter wherever you're listening and you know, from living and listening to this podcast is that there's, there's organizations out there that offer all kinds of mentorship and support and to really engineer that for yourself, whether you're a business owner or a professional working in an organization. Uh, I think that if I could go back 20 years, I say this on the podcast all the time, 20 years and talk to my younger self, it would be reach out for more and more mentorship continually at each stage of your development. I don't know if you would find that true for yourself. I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was growing up as a very shy person. People might find that hard to believe now, but you live this value (laughs) out loud, Trish. Now I'm going to give you props where it's due here. If you think about those four quadrants I mentioned earlier, you live in that interactive quadrant. You engage people, you're connecting, you know, you're hosting this podcast now. I've seen it, you know, I hadn't seen you in a couple of years, I think coming through COVID and everything. And then once I see you again, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, it's just like I saw you yesterday. And I think, you know, from what I've seen and everybody I talked to has that same philosophy or, or the same approach to you and, and says those nice things because you, you're doing it interactively. And then there are people who proactive who go to these events to your point. And then, you know, people who are inactive and not not reaching out, I think that those, it just continues to be a self-fulfilling prophecy of of blindness or doom or whatever the case may be in their business. So I think that living that living the values out loud, like a Trish Miltimore way, and I'm plugging you big time here because it's due. It's it's necessary and it's and it's and it's uh, true. Yeah. Is just be interactive, like be out there and 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 talk to people. It's, it'll do amazing things for you personally and for your business. Absolutely, and I always feel like networking is kind of like exercise. You may not want to do it in the moment. Make and you get home, you know, you may not relate to this, but you take off the bra. You don't yeah. want to go back out. You don't. <laughs> but yeah, when right. you do yeah. it. Just like a good workout, you're always glad you did. You're always like in, your spirit's infused. You just feel a little more connected. It's a good thing. So speaking of the whole growth mindset, and thanks for your, for your kind words, what personal habits does James have for supporting your own growth mindset? Because you're pouring the cup for everybody else, but how do you fill up your oh, own well, cup? That's a really good question. Oh, good question. Sorry to interrupt. I love to read and I love to mm-hmm. make it a point to have at least a one one-to-one meeting with someone per week, either in my network or someone I don't know. So it's easier now with technology, mm. but to reach out to someone on LinkedIn I haven't talked to in a while or someone interesting from um, an association that I'm a member of or someone in my network or someone who has a mutual contact, at least at least one person a week I reach out to that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I like to read, my goal is always to read 50 books a year, but with meaning nice. and intent. And I take courses uh, throughout time. I'm not just sitting here just hammering through this stuff to, to say that I did it. And also to give back. I always believe that, you know, givers gain. And the more that you, I'm a go-giver. So that if you go and 
you do things, it'll come back to you tenfold. And it's not about getting anything in return. So my, my philosophy is reach out to someone that who's not familiar with you or, or your network and you, you connect with them, read and um, get up early in the morning. <laughs> I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm up 4.30, my day starts and then you just feel like you're on top. It's everybody's got different rhythms, of course, on how they do that in different situations with family and that type of thing. But just get your day going, be positive. And like I said earlier, my goal is just to leave it better than I found it. I love that philosophy. Okay, let's go back to the whole 4.30 thing. And it's true. Everyone has a different rhythm and the whole 5 a.m. club, just because you don't do that does not mean you're not going to be successful. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. So I appreciate that you say that people have different scenarios mm-hmm. and situations. But in your in your case, 4.30, what are you doing at 4.30? Are you just like hanging out, having a coffee? I'm just being nosy. I'm curious now. Having a coffee? Oh. Are you like, what's, what's your 4.30 look like? <laughs> That's pretty early. Uh, well, four thirty uh, looks like getting my day. Well, my day started the day before, so I know what I'm doing. But just getting mm-hmm. into it, so I try to knock off a few um, of the simple tasks earlier. I figure if you can yeah. get those emails out and that type of thing. I also work with clients across Canada and into the U.S. The Eastern Seaboard of both countries, so it's a good opportunity to take calls at that time. So I'm client focused. So someone in Halifax shouldn't have to wait until noon their time to get a hold of me. So I, I stack my day according to that if I have clients that are in the East. And yeah. it's also a good chance just to read and, and and kind of get one piece of knowledge under the way if it's an article or listen to a podcast. Also, if you're up at 4.30 and then you take a break at 6.30 to go to the gym and you're done by 8, then you're kind of your day starts after that. So I just find that um, it was an adjustment. But once I started getting going earlier in my day, I felt I wasn't chasing the day. And there's nothing mm-hmm. more glorious than being ready for bed at nine o'clock at night. I just find that fabulous. <laughs> I can totally agree. So I get up at five. That's my usual time. Okay. And I'm definitely ready for bed around nine, nine thirty. I'm I'm pretty much done. And um it's hard though, because I have four kids and they're all up, they're all up later than me, except for my five year old. So I'm I'm like the grandma of oh. the house. I'm like, mommy needs to go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, That's and okay. I take it everybody's got different scenarios. I, I don't have children. Um yeah. but yeah, so it's, it's a little bit easier in my in my world. But um yeah, but it's I just find it works for me. Other people might find that they could get their day started at nine at night and work till five in the morning. I don't know. I don't know what's best for anybody, but I just find that that's it works for me. And that's the key part, right? Find what works for you. Like actively, intentionally engineer it so it works best for you. And I think that's one of the biggest tips for um, kind of that productivity and and sense of work life. What I call synergy is to is to like intentionally look for what works for you. What is your favorite book? Maybe oh, one I you're have, reading right now. Yeah, you know, I just uh, finished um, a book that I really recommend. It's the the Lego Story. So during the summer, I tried to read something a little bit lighter. And this mm-hmm. is a fascinating book. It's the story of Lego. And really? huh. yeah, what they came through as a family to get to where they are now, it's fascinating. Um, as far as the the trials and tribulations that they had. It started as a wood shop. I don't want to get into all the details, but in Denmark and then how they accelerated through the war and some of the key things that there were the turning points, the inflection points, and they always stuck to their values, which I think is a really important message. So it's not a business, you know, it's a business biography. But it tells a really good story, and um, it's it's nice. It's a good hardcover book. I have it in front of me here. It's a Lego story, how a little toy sparked the world's imagination. And I think it's really I, – I find it's a good read. So cool. doing that. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I just finished that one, so it's timely. And then my, my three favorite books are The Count of Monte Cristo, Charlotte's Web, and Of Mice and Men. Nice. Classics. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I always, cool. I always like to, mm-hmm. yeah, Charlotte's web is important to me. And I, 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 you know, when I say leave every day better than you found, I, I, you know, sometimes I talk to my clients and say, I'm like Charlotte and Charlotte's web. I'm going to come in. Hopefully I'll make a difference. There'll be a day when I have to go away, but I'll leave the farm better than I found it. Oh, very cool. I feel like I need to like read it again to <laughs> totally embrace the <laughs> metaphor, but I'll That's put that one. on my list, but I love that. And you truly yeah. embody that and, and you live it. And I, I clearly know that because I know people who know you in the same kind of spirit that you're being kind to me earlier, but it's, it's true. Now, if you could go back 20 years and give yourself advice, what would that advice look like? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, first I live with no regrets. Um, I think what I would have done, I'm just trying to think of this. I would have started volunteering earlier than I do now. I was involved um, in volunteering. I was born and raised in Winnipeg and I was involved uh, with some work there, um, you know, with tourism associations and that type because I was heavily involved in, in, um, in tourism and, and I was director of guest services for large destination casinos there. And that type of thing. That's how I got a passion for customer experience. But um, I would have got involved actively more early uh, in the process. And it kind of comes down to that, that quadrant. I'm not trying to sell you on a methodology here, but just become more proactive and interactive earlier in my life. So, um, mm-hmm. but you know, everything is for a reason. And to be honest, um, at that stage in my life, maybe I didn't have as much to offer. But now I feel like I'm, you know, can really drive that and i'm not trying to make up for lost time but uh, you know to your to your question trish i think it's just getting involved earlier and it doesn't have to be this monumental involvement it's just getting out there a little bit earlier but that'd be my only only thing but really no regrets but that would be one thing i encourage people to to do because it takes all of us in a community and just never know who could be that one spark uh from any industry from any level that could really help all of us i think sometimes we just get this impression that at networking events, it has to be people who hold a particular title um, or a perf- uh, you know, particular demographic or age or whatever the case may be. Geez, if we all work together and it would just be so much, so much better than it already is. And it's already great. Oh, man. And that is so inspiring and good and just refreshing to hear because I, I share the similar sentiment when when young people are moving into their industries. I just want to be like, how can I help you? How can I support you? I was on the receiving end in sales and in the speaking industry of some not really great treatment when I was young. And, you know, I, I always thought to myself, I'm not going to be that person. I, I definitely want to help everyone feel like they have um, going to blow air into their under their wings so they can move up. And so that kind of perspective I think is powerful because as leaders, if we can truly see everyone of every level as having a perspective that could be, that is of value, um, I think we have to remind ourselves of that and to intentionally, again, you know, open ourselves up and be a little self-aware of maybe how we're biasing or, or not doing that. But I love that. I love that you live that. That is so great. That makes my spirit happy. <laughs> I just, it just, you know, enables me to go to bed at night and sleep well. And, you know, just, yeah, I think it's, I don't have all the answers here, obviously, or most or none or whatever the case may be, but there's just, uh, I, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of talk um, and, and it's evolving with EDI work. And I was actually just uh, talking yesterday with a leader in the EDI community here in Kelowna. Um, and, uh, you know, Matt Stewart, if anybody knows him, I'm sure you know him very well, Trish, and mm-hmm. you know, engaging him to work on some things. But I think the key is just, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, because it's flavor of the day or anything like that. Just be inclusive by design and, and everything great will kind of happen by, you know, as an outcome of this type of thing. So, 
in the EDI space or when you're dealing with people who are working frontline in an organization, maybe those people just, you know, that are in those um, either marginalized groups or people who are in a, in a position where they're coming up through the ranks or whatever, they just need that one change, that one person to talk to. It doesn't necessarily always have to be me or you, but just to be feel welcome so that, they, that there's a chance and a path forward. I just think that's so cool when that happens. Yeah, it's cool and life-changing, isn't it, in so many ways? Absolutely. I, I tell you, there's a, you asked me earlier if there was a, a story that I was really happy about. Well, I, I'm going to share one with you that I thought of here. There's, um, I mentioned the Commerce Games team at UBCO, and, or UB, yeah, UBCO. And there was a, a guy, and I always tell him when I see him, that I'm going to be working for him one day. His name is, his name is Andy Lee, and um, he's a commerce student, first-year student, Stepped out of the box, very shy, became um, on this team. He stayed an extra year in university to be the president of the Commerce Games. He's gone on now as a CPA, and now he, he's a very successful CPA, and now he owns a company called Kelowna Dream Cars. And Andy walks with confidence. He's smiling all the time. He has a great business. Heck, he's, how can he not have a business? He's in the business of renting people Corvettes and bespoke Lexuses and all these great cars and having a good time. But... <laughs> I first met him, he was this this kid that didn't know if he'd belong. And I always say I'll be working for Andy Lee one day. So I just got to make, I, I'm making a point of giving credit where credit's due to the people in our community that I really get inspired by. And mm-hmm. uh, that was an instance where, you know, through volunteering in my time, um, there was a chance that it helped Andy. And it wasn't just all me, but that confidence that came through. And now he can, he runs this company, but he's advising other companies. And I'm sure that he could run any company. He's just a great person. So it took me a while to think of a really good example. But as we got our conversation going here, that's one person that I just think the world of. And he's just contributing well to our to our society here in Kelowna. He's having an impact. And he's gone on now where he is mentoring people and so on and so forth. So it's a flywheel, right? I think it's just so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great story. I love that. Now, business transformation is your focus. What does that mean, business transformation? Well, I, I think in the simplest terms, it's taking businesses if they're stuck and to get them unstuck. And it's looking at a business to understand where it can, it can be, not where it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we focus on what businesses do. Uh, what I like to do is think about why they're doing them and how they conduct their their operations, right? So as I mentioned earlier, it's just the, the key of this is what you do and then all the pieces that come together. Who's doing the work? How are you doing the work within that? And how do you apply technology and getting people aligned, technology aligned, so that the business uh, is optimized and, and can perform at a better level. So for an example, you might have a company that's struggling to grow, uh, that would like to enter a new market, um, is struggling to attract new talent, something like that. We come in and we just, with a, with a methodology, look at all these aspects of it and then provide some qualified advice that the owners of the business can take or, or not. We don't, you know, hold their feet to the fire, but just to shine a light on some things that can be improved. And through that process, there's transformation that happens. It's not this big aha moment, um, but there is a series of aha moments that transform a business. And it's really nice because if, Businesses do well. They stay in our community. They're an attractive place for people to work. People feel better about themselves. And through just a series of working with people, it's just like a health check and you get them performing where they want to be. 
Oh, that's very cool. What what impactful work that is. You know, you really are an amplifier of impact through what you do professionally and who you are personally, which I really admire. And I think one of the, the themes from this this conversation as we kind of wrap everything up here is for people to uh, leaders is to be aware, to take some time to have that self-awareness, to ask some questions, to have that inquisitiveness like we talked about in the very beginning, to find out where changes can be made and then actually moving forward and, and using some of that information to do that, whether they're working with someone like yourself, your company, um, or on their own as well, just having that inquisitive nature. And you know, it also takes, I think, some courage, don't you? Some courage to actually ask those questions and even move forward with some solutions. Oh, I agree 100%. And I think if people are ready, um, you know, it's an old saying, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Uh, mm. But I think it is it, absolutely right. If they, if they meaning uh, people who own businesses or are entrepreneurs, um, solopreneurs too, let's not forget them. You don't have to own a business with bricks and mortar and that type of thing. There are many people who are perhaps listening to this that may have a coaching practice or consulting practice, or they have a, um, a home-based business. There are a lot of things, uh, just if you take courage to go out and be proactive, you know, search for people online. I, you know, it's funny, Trish, you and I were talking before we got on this about the intro. I said, geez, you know, I don't want to be presented on this call as just the guy with a bunch of letters behind the name and hubris. That's not who I am. So I just mm -hmm. encourage people when you to connect with people in the community, uh, even our immediate community or not, because even though they, they seem like they're unapproachable, you'd be very surprised that if you pick up the phone, you make an email introduction to say, hey, I'm... So-and-so, I have this challenge. Can I talk to you? You'd be very surprised what can happen and, and for a good result. And those people love it as well. They just would like to, to engage. So that's my thought is that mm -hmm. it takes courage to build on your point. And that courage, just it, it's just that one spark to be the catalyst going forward. Oh, that is so true. Very inspiring. And as my father always told me in business, if you don't ask, you don't get. So And in life in general. How about as we Correct. wrap this all up, one final question for you. It's the one I ask all the time. I think this is fun. What is the best wisdom that you have ever received? Uh, the great, great question. And I think um, don't take yourself too seriously. And just, you know, I think that's really, um, really great. And another piece of advice that I, you know, credit Mike Riley, who was our was a great mentor and coach and, and friend is that um, he just you know said the biggest games are won in practice. So I think how you show up is a reflection of everything that you've done up until that point. So don't just expect to to turn it on in that moment. So the, again, the biggest games are won in practice, meaning that how you prepare is how you execute. And I think that's really meaningful in life and in, in business and just how you show up every day. So those, those two things that, you know, don't take yourself too seriously and the biggest games are one in practice. Oh, I definitely like that. That's some good stuff. Oh, well, James, thank you for your time. Thank you for being an amplifier of impact and sharing your passion for impact with us. I do really do appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Trish. I really appreciate the opportunity and hope to see you soon. Absolutely. If you love learning how to live and lead in a caring and fulfilling way, and you find this show inspiring, please share with your friends, rate and review this podcast. Passion for Impact, it's brought to you by Rock Your Leadership. We train leaders on how to grow success, drive change and not burn out. Visit passionigniter.ca for more details. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Passion for Impact podcast. 
visit fashionigniter.ca forward slash podcast to subscribe for episode notes, links and special offers from show guests. Cast your vote. Make your impact. One socially conscious choice at a time.